Welcome to ResTalk, your source for the latest insights, trends, news, and resources from leaders in the building performance and rating world. Here's your host, a committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, and the podfather of energy efficiency, Bill Spohn. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the ResTalk podcast. It's our goal here at ResTalk to communicate late-breaking news and thoughtful insights about a broad array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to all the stakeholders in the resident ecosystem. So whether you're a housing consumer, raider, builder, realtor, appraiser, or investor, you want to hear about the rapidly evolving trends in home energy ratings. I added the word investor because today's topic has to do with that. Environmental, social, and governance, ESG, reporting has become an integral factor in the financial world. The Structured Finance Association estimates that $11.6 trillion, or $1 out of every four invested in the United States, was invested under ESG investment strategies. ResNet HERS ratings are increasingly becoming the metric for environmental, social, and governance ESG reporting on the energy performance of homes. Now, how will ResNet keep track of the needs and opportunities presented by this movement in the industry? Will this challenge present opportunity? Recently, ResNet Executive Director Steve Baden appointed a ResNet ESG advisory group to better track these emerging opportunities and to develop recommendations on how ResNet should position itself to achieve and take advantage of them. The group's composed of a select group of rating companies and builder representatives that are active in this area of the industry. We are joined on this podcast by Matthew Cooper of PEG, who is chair of the advisory group. Matthew shares with us his insights and details on the initial efforts of the task group, which will be targeted on increasing the presence of ResNet and HERS ratings to financers investing in this economic activity. The full list of the other group members are included in the show notes, as well as a link to Matthew's LinkedIn bio, and several articles from ResNet about this topic. So let's get into this discussion with Matthew Cooper of PEG and talk about how ResNet has recently appointed a new ESG advisory group. Good morning, Matthew. Good morning. How are you, Bill? Great. I'd like to have you give a little bit of background on first yourself and a little bit about PEG and then getting into the ESG topic. But first, about you. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm the Senior Vice President and Chief Operating Officer of PEG. We are a mechanical electrical plumbing design engineering firm, as well as a rating provider. And we operate within all aspects of residential new construction from single family attached to detached to multifamily, mixed use, etc. Providing HERS ratings, Energy Star certification, NGBS certification, as well as mechanical electrical plumbing design and HVAC grading for ACA standard 310 compliance. That's a mouthful. (laughs) So it's a lot of work. What area of the country do you operate in? So we predominantly work from the Midwest to the East Coast. We work in 26 states from New York to Florida, as far west as Chicago, Kansas City, St. Louis, Indianapolis. Very good. In your background? Um, I'm a mechanical engineer. So we'll be talking about the reasoning for ESG. Why don't you first define 
ESG from your perspective as a company that works in these areas of mechanical, electrical, plumbing, and design? Sure. So ESG is environmental, societal, and governance. It's become a catchphrase that's gained a lot of popularity on the fringes of media, on the spectrum of those that are vehemently for it, those that are vehemently against it, and those that don't understand what it is. It's come predominantly from the investment community, which has been the primary area of focus between the SEC and their guidance towards companies that are publicly traded, um, how to report their corporate operations and commitment to environmental, societal, and governance priorities. So this is a big factor for investments in the financial world. And there's some factors I have here that the Structured Finance Association estimates $11.6 trillion, or $1 out of every four invest in the U.S., goes towards ESG strategy. So it's a big one out of every four. That's a big number. It's a topic that's pretty familiar within the publicly traded home builder community, but also one which has gained quite a bit of traction in general within the above code home building community to include privately held builders of every size from every part of the country. And how does that play a role for the raters and the energy smart builders? Well, what's interesting is that home building as an industry is one of the few industries that, in my opinion, really has a role to play in all three legs of the ESG perspective. It's very easily seen to assess that there's an environmental component through the energy efficiency of homes and the sustainability of homes and the role that ResNet raters and providers have to play within that construct for their builders. But it also has a very strong societal and governance component. If you look at organizations such as the two largest GSEs, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, their principal mission is housing affordability. So the societal aspect of building homes that more people can afford has a critical component to it that comes from the cost of ownership the cost of operation. So making homes not only more sustainable the first time they're built, but keeping the affordability component through energy efficiency in particular is a direct component of the societal benefit that HERS raters and energy smart builders play when it comes to constructing homes that cost less to own and cost less to operate. Yeah, I think it's that cost of operation that's often forgotten, but is especially drawn out through the HERS rating process. And also water efficiency, too. Is that not a part of it also? Absolutely. As we look towards the enhancements that ResNet is pursuing within their accreditation, their certification guidelines, we have now a carbon index, which allows raters to evaluate the produced carbon operating a home. And ResNet is in the process of developing an embodied carbon index, which would look at the carbon that went into the materials and methodology of building the home. So the industry, as it pertains to ResNet, is very tuned into that aspect of it. So whether it's water efficiency or it's embedded carbon or produced carbon or true pure energy efficiency, the ResNet community 
represents the foundational role of evaluating ESG in home building. And one of the challenges that we've had is that the majority of existing ESG guidelines that come from various organizations around the world, such as SASB, these organizations have developed guidelines for a variety of industries, but nothing has really been developed specifically for home building and all of what that entails. And there's so many different types of home building that actually Green Builder Media has convened a working group of over 100 professionals from every aspect of the perspective of home building to develop guidelines for home builders on how to assess and report on ESG. It's quite a challenge when you consider you've got on-site construction, off-site construction, panelized construction, you've got modular You've got stick built. There's such a wide variety of types of construction out there that coming up with a standardized set of guidelines for the entire industry to use when it comes to ESG is quite the task, but also something that's desperately needed. So within this advisory group, can you talk about the other individuals, maybe specifically or at least by role or characteristic that brought them into this group? Yeah, so when Steve Baden and Laurel Elam and I first started to talk about this, it was in discussions with regards to ESG and also ancillary to the build-to-rent community because there's a lot of private equity and public equity in the build-to-rent community that is heavily focused on ESG. So there's a direct corollary between the two. And PEG operates as an implementation contractor for the Fannie Mae Green Mortgage-Backed Securities Program. So we are intimately involved in this entire ESG discussion from the perspective of the GSEs, Fannie and Freddie, looking to have these products available on the market for investors to purchase. It's been a point of increasing awareness and understanding that, frankly, the resident board and the resident leadership have their hands full with everything else that they're working on. So we decided that we would put together this advisory group that is shared by myself and made up of raters as well as energy smart builders that are either operating in this space because they are a high performance home builder, a high volume or mid volume energy raider or publicly traded builder or privately owned builder. There's quite a bit of Japanese investment in the home building community in the United States now. And they have had a long-standing focus on ESG, primarily driven by the fact that they just don't have as much land to build on. So they've been highly focused on sustainability and providing affordable housing and being good stewards of the planet. So they're bringing that ethos to their investments into U.S. home building. It really, again, it covers a lot of broad areas that are pertinent to the ResNet community. So we put together this group with uh, participatory parties to be able to keep tabs on what's happening and be able to report back to ResNet leadership and the ResNet board on what is going on, what role, continuing role does ResNet have to play in that, what evolving role does ResNet have to play in that. And as I said at the beginning, we really look at the energy rating of homes as the foundation of ESG for home building. So really everything else builds off of that. When did this group first 
can mean? Or is it just, is this really new information we're talking about here? It's really new. We've had one formal meeting and we've started to put together the structure of how we want to convey the information as it becomes available. The ResNet leadership has committed to attending some industry events around ESG so that they will have a visibility and a presence speaking about energy efficiency, water efficiency, the carbon index, et cetera, so that we can continue as an industry to be present and available to help educate and inform the variety of players that are interested in building and investing in this type of focused home building. Very good. So it's more than just advising internally. There'll also be external actions and engagement with the advisory group in these more ESG-type forums and conferences? Absolutely. So there have been a number of large investment-focused organizations that have already begun to reach out to ResNet to seek feedback and understanding of what role does our industry and our organization play when it comes to applying, evaluating, and reporting on ESG for home builders that are in the investment community. Has this been a topic, share if you can, that's been within the sites of PEG for a while, or is it fairly new for you too? So we're about three and a half, almost four years into supporting the Fannie Mae program. Prior to that, we have worked with builder clients, both on the consulting side, as well as on the assessment analysis and reporting side. And it's quite interesting. So when we look at assisting builders with building better homes, building to meet above code programs such as Energy Star. There are aspects of their businesses that are very evident as to the role that they play. So for example, if a builder wants to participate in the 45L program for tax credits for advanced construction, high performance homes, they now have to build to the Energy Star certification guidelines. The homes have to be Energy Star certified, where up until now, that tax credit in its various iterations has always been based on a software algorithm. So now, being based on Energy Star, there's a direct connection between the incentives that help pay for builders to be able to comply with these above-code programs, to be able to build homes that cost less to own and operate, have a smaller impact to our environment, and are more affordable for people to be able to operate and live in. So that correlation is relatively straightforward. But then if you start to step back and look at a builder's larger operation, we look at things like the footprint of the products that they put into their homes. Where are those products coming from? How far do they have to be transported? Looking at, for example, with a panelized builder, What operational improvements can be made at their panel sites? Is there opportunity for solar installations, large-scale solar arrays to be installed at their panel sites? Are they looking at alternative technologies for heating and cooling their homes, such as going to all electric, going to heat pumps, going to geothermal heat pumps, going to geothermal community loops for whole neighborhoods? There's a wide variety of things that can go from the very simple and straightforward, perhaps for a builder who is just passionate about understanding and conveying the corporate perspective that they have and that they hope appeals to their buyers when it comes to ESG, 
all the way up to those builders that have SEC obligations, that certain things they have to report on. And there's a role for the ResNet community and its professionals to play in all aspects, not just purely the homes, but the application of the use of technology, different types of software that's used to evaluate sites for energy efficiency, water efficiency, solar opportunity, heating and cooling, workforce development, affordable housing. There are are so many roles that an effective practitioner from ResNet can play and really become a partner with their builders. And more than just, we like to focus at PEG, we like to focus on not being a commodity. We're not checking a box that the builder did this, the builder did that, they moved on. We really focus and we're working to help ResNet and ResNet's members focus on the long-term opportunities that exist within this industry. That's tremendous. It's very tropic area covers a lot of different bases. And you mentioned before the SASB, which is a Sustainability Accounting Standards Board. How much interaction do you have with that or what's the tie-in there? So as I said, that there really isn't much in the investment community world or in the ESG world that was designed for home building. That SASB organization did create a home building assessment tool, if you will, or guidelines of some very rudimentary evaluation criteria some time ago, but it's never been updated. So it references programs that no longer exist. It fails to consider anything beyond really the product of the actual home. And that's one of the things that this working group with Green Builder Media, as well as the advisory group for ResNet, that we're really focusing on is not just the home as a product, being evaluated for ESG, but the home building operation in its entirety, not both the organizational side of it as well as the product side of it and how they can be evaluated evenly. So rather than every builder that either wishes to or is required to report on ESG having to come up with their own matrix of assessment, the industry needs this broader outlook And ResNet has, again, a key foundational role in how that gets developed. Really come to the experts is what's happening. (laughs) Absolutely. People that are involved in the industry and have an intent to interest in this. That's very interesting. I'm sure there's data we've talked about before with Ryan Mears about the trends and the public or the consumer interest, the home buyer interest in that. Are you cognizant of that factor as a driver? Yeah. So when we look at the, again, the societal impact in the ESG, we look at things such as housing affordability, the cost of housing as it relates to median income in the metropolitan statistical area that a builder might may be looking to build in to ensure that they are meeting a need that buyers are looking for, whether it's true first-time buyers or workforce housing or move-up buyers that we look at ensuring that as an industry, we're able to provide things that the consumer is interested in both investing in personally for themselves, but also in how they live. There's a lot of change in that focus came through COVID and the continuation of more people than before COVID working a hybrid schedule or working fully remote. And that really changed the dynamic of what consumers are looking for And they're looking for homes that work for them and the way that they live. And if that means they're interested in 
the environmental footprint of the home, then the builder needs to be able to speak to that effectively. If they're interested in the societal aspects of the home, whether it's truly just affordability or it's location or it's generational living, then the builder that wants to build for that constituency needs to be able to speak effectively to that. And then from the governance side, people are looking to purchase a home from companies that they feel meet their values or match their values and are interested in things that are important to them. So there's definitely a role for awareness of the consumer and preferences of the consumer that can be assessed, evaluated, and complied with on behalf of the builder that wants to build homes for that constituency. Does the impact of the resident advisory group, does it get into things like land use or resource use, or is that outside of the scope? It is definitely within the scope, looking at urban infill and how that compares to prairie building, looking at density, looking at protection for homes from our changing environment, from natural disasters, whether it's forest fires, flooding, storms, wind damage, what have you, that there is a greater focus, obviously, on indoor air quality and the health of our homes than ever before. So in order to close the loop on that aspect of new home construction, someone needs to be the leader when it comes to understanding technologically how to evaluate, comply with those other above code programs and perspectives that the consumer may be interested in. And again, the ResNet rating community and energy smart builder community are perfectly poised to be able to address those concerns and to provide the construction of reliably built and independently verified homes that the consumer is expecting. Do you think this channel of communication would result in adaptation changes, maybe additional work from ResNets on standards? I do. I think that, for example, the water standards have been something in development for a very long time, but really until the last just few years, we haven't seen as much critical path necessity for them when it comes to actual water shortages. But then it also plays a key role in builders' ability to gain approvals for new construction. So you look at things, for example, Florida has passed standard for density allowances, exceptions to the allowances for builders that build with gray water recovery systems so that they're not impacting the drinking water table to the extent that other more traditional construction is. So being able to see these opportunities, whether they're driven by necessity and mandate or they're driven by opportunity, is something else that we have a role to play on behalf of the builders. So much bigger topic than I believed. (laughs) (laughs) It really seems central to the future mission of ResNet. It is. And when we look at our industry, it's a relatively consistent drumbeat that the biggest problem outside of material costs for builders is labor. So when we look at workforce development as a societal impact and benefit, that's where we're starting to see things like the Home Building Institute the Leading Builders of America and ResNet working with organizations to provide training opportunities for people to consider the trades rather than solely being focused on secondary education. So there's a missing middle role that the ResNet and Energy Smart Builders has to play in the change in that community dialogue. How do we provide real opportunity for 
people to consider an alternate profession to those that are purely based on secondary education. As we wrap up here, what's the advice for the listener? Because we do have a variety of listeners to the podcast, but what advice would you give them from this aspect of your new role on this advisory board? I think that it would be to stay tuned in and look at whatever role the listener plays within the home building community, whether it's actually building homes, a tradesperson, HVAC, plumbing, material manufacturers, solution providers, design professionals, HERS raters, of course. Anybody that has a role in the home building industry needs to be aware of ESG and what challenges as well as opportunities that presents. Because I think every successful business at some point recognizes that challenge presents opportunity. And this ESG challenge is one that is got legs. It's not going anywhere. And it's important on a whole spectrum of needs. And the quicker we all work together towards solutions, the better we can meet the housing needs of the American public. Very good. Thank you, Matthew, for that. And the best way to stay tuned in is probably through the ResNed newsletter, keeping track of those announcements and postings and probably some reports coming up from your advisory group. Absolutely. Yeah, we will be producing white papers as well as the encouragement of people to participate in online discussions, in-person discussions. One of the great things of coming back out of the pandemic is we get the opportunity to meet in person again and have exciting dialogue. So we're looking forward to a lot of this discussion being held at events such as the ResNet Conference in the fall, International Builder Show, regional shows, as well as online. So there's a lot of opportunity for people to stay tuned in. Excellent. Thank you for coming on the podcast to talk about this. And I can't think of a better person to lead this group. So congratulations. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. All right. We'll take care. Thanks. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Res Talk podcast, where we learned from Matthew Cooper of PEG about the new ESG advisory group that's been created within ResNet. If you're pro in the building market, surf on over to resnet.us slash professional to learn more or join the email list. You can also find ResNet on Facebook or Twitter. A quote for today from Ban Ki-moon. Sustainable development is the pathway to the future we want for all. It is a framework to generate economic growth, achieve social justice, exercise environmental stewardship, and strengthen governance. If you're interested in feeding back to ResNet on what you heard here today or would like to hear a new topic covered or just have a general question, please send an email to info at resnet.us. And also be on the lookout for the return of the ResNet Conference in November in San Diego, November 2022. You'll also find details on that at www.resnet.us. Thanks for listening. If you're not subscribed, please consider doing so. And as always, thank you for listening to ResTalk. Take care. Thanks for listening to the ResTalk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn, produced by William P. Spohn, LLC, and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. 
we would appreciate a review on iTunes or on the podcast app. This will help others find the show. We look forward to talking again soon on Res Talk. Thank you.